It's the Lazy Cat Podcast Show, featuring your host. It's the Lazy Cat. Ah, yes, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, commonly known and abbreviated as the MCU by the public and fans alike. The media franchise that manages to create a diverse, shared universe centered around a series of superhero movies owned and produced by Marvel Studios. To this day, I still cannot fathom the idea that we get to experience a plethora of comic book-based adaptations that could share crossovers with one and another. Around 10 to 15 years ago, Iron Man, one of my most favorite entries of the MCU, began itself as the trajectory point which would start off loads of new, reinvented adaptation of Marvel's own superhero series, such as The Incredible Hulk, Thor, and Captain America The First Avenger. Each of these movies would culminate into a cinematic experience that we would know as The Avengers. With the first phase and some of its entries showing commercial success and receiving generally positive reviews, it's a no-brainer that the MCU would eventually try to come up adapting some of their other superhero series and branching storylines for future updates. Yet, with the amount of movies and spin-off series that MCU managed to dish out, we felt that the same basic formula that they've used within said products were overused. I've said the same thing during one of my previous RNREX, when I was reviewing the Batman, there are instances where other com- comic book studios or publishers seem to keep repeating the exact same template of tropes to be used again, again, and again. The same old genre, archetypes, plot devices, and surprises just didn't seem to work, in which at this point, we truly need something that was entirely new, more maddening, yet fresh in a sense. We've had a lineup of MCU products which falls under the same basic concept genre, namely action superhero, fantasy adventure, crime thriller noirs, romance, and even comedy. Yet, somehow, horror was a genre that the MCU almost hasn't touched upon. Now, I used to think, and a majority of fans alike would question a what-if scenario, what if Marvel would have the courage to create a completely off-the-rails horror experience within their own MCU lineup? I know such question would be considered as something that would sound ridiculous 10 years ago, but as we've had products of such concept which kind of work, but at the same time doesn't feel as if they were fully accepted by both fans and the general audience. Noting movies such as Blade, Ghost Rider, and even the newly released Morbius a couple of months ago, or even mentioning other superhero or comic book adaptation that it had horror elements to them, such as Hellboy and Constantine, the idea of adapting a supernatural horror superhero can be quite challenging and risky on its own. Thus, it came to the conclusion that with seeing how Doctor Strange was a product that hasn't been thoroughly threaded upon like Iron Man or Captain America, of course, Marvel and Disney executives would quickly grasp the idea on how Doctor Strange could be worked and stretched further into an epic of its own that could potentially incorporate both mystical and horrifying elements. This is what led me to believe that Phase 4 of the MCU would be quote-unquote experimental. Seeing how Marvel and Disney executive producers are dishing out new things with their early 2020-2021 to products, 
I have this somewhat feeling that they might try new stuff in the upcoming future, yet I feel like that they are threading on thin ice as they are truly trying new things. I worry that not all of their future products that did try to become different in nature could potentially lead into success on its own. I'm looking at Chew Eternals, which I will never make an RNREX episode. And that's where Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness comes in. With having the all-great Sam Raimi comes in to shut people's dreading expectation of any new Phase 4 products and deliver us something that many fans have been asking for in recent years. A full-on magical, suspenseful, and eerie adventure of cosmic multiversal level featuring Doctor Strange, the Scarlet Witch, and a handful of brand new faces, which could potentially be a turning point for the MCU in the future to come. Ladies and gentlemen, cats, my name is Pak Kuching, and on this 7th episode of RNR EX segment, let's head on over to experience this strange and maddening new wonders. As always, short disclaimer beforehand, this podcast will be filled with spoilers. For those of you who haven't watched the movie, I recommend that you go in blind, or heck, if you're intrigued, stay put to this podcast, as I welcome you to today's episode of RNRDX, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, in depth. Starting off this podcast episode, I'd like to say a couple of words myself. Um, beforehand, uh, first and foremost, I am truly sorry for postponing this episode's release schedule as I was met with a plethora of daily activities and I felt that the whole script for this episode wasn't fully researched and fits into how I want to say about the movie itself. Like, I am a bit torn. At my first viewing experience of Doctor Strange 2, I was a bit overhyped yet dreading that it would vary from my expectations, and I was right. I left the theater with this dissatisfied feeling. I like it, but I was dissatisfied. I did hope that Doctor Strange 2 would be more than what I've viewed. Hence, writing the first draft of this podcast episode puts me in this awry mood. There were things that were overshadowed with what the movie delivers as a package on its own, which I will talk about more later on, I had to view this movie a second time to fully grasp on what I really want to share about this movie as a movie reviewer, as a as an audience, and also a Marvel fan of my own. Second, I'd like to share a very interesting plot point that was given by IMDB in regards to this movie itself. As I quote from the website itself, <clears throat> Doctor Strange teams up with a mysterious teenage girl from his dreams who can travel across multiverses to battle multiple threats, including other u- universe versions of himself, which threaten to wipe out millions across the multiverse. They seek help from Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, Wong, and the others. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a whole entire different movie of itself, which could be as interesting and entertaining of its own, or even more than the actual one, but I can only hope and digress. That simple plot movie that sorry, that simple movie plot by IMDB was something that I did kind of hope on what Doctor Strange 2 would be. One thing to note about Doctor Strange 2 before its release, it has this interesting point on how it confuses many fans alike with what this movie is. Based on its initial teaser and many of its additional trailer, none of us could have pinpointed with how this movie would be. It's a puzzle, if I do say so myself, and that's an early prose point for um, this movie. As much as I would leave things completely blind for fellow podcast listeners, there's this urge inside of me that wants to share the earlier plot points of this movie. 
Just to get things completely straightforward from any misleading summaries, such as the one from IMDB that I've mentioned earlier, and besides, it's been a month-ish as of this recording since Doctor Strange 2 premiered, I think it's appropriate enough to give away plot details and spoilers regarding said movie. Ahem, <clears throat> here we go. The movie starts off with America Chavez, played by Joaquitil Gomez, which I'm sure I will butcher that name. Joaquitil? Joaquitil? Ho, ho, Joaquitil Gomez. I think I pronounced that perfectly. And a version of Doctor Strange known as the Defender Strange, being chased off by a demon in a realm-like universe while searching for the Book of Vishanti. One thing led to another, which has Strange being killed, and Chavez teleports herself with Defender Strange's corpse into the Earth 616, the MCU's official universe designation. As she is teleported into Earth 616, Chavez is still being chased by another different octopus-like being which is cited in the movie as Gargantos, only to be rescued by our own Doctor Strange and Wong. After explaining that the creatures were trying to hunt down Chavez to obtain her multiverse traveling powers, Strange seeks out help from Wanda, as he recognizes the witchcraft rules on the creatures are different from the ones they knew. Things takes a curveball turn as Wanda explains that she was the one responsible for the attacks. After the events of WandaVision, obtaining the Darkhold and being controlled by the Dark Arts from it, Wanda believes that controlling Chavez's power will allow her to reunite with her own imaginary children, Billy and Tommy. Realizing this, Strange heads on over to Kamartouch to protect Chavez from a full force assault from Wanda. After a series of scenes which led to multiple deaths and horrific scenes, Chavez accidentally creates a portal which teleports herself and Doctor Strange to other multiverses as they try to seek out ways to stop Wanda from absorbing Chavez's powers and obtaining her twisted yet, well, saddening goals. Ooh, I really gotta take a coffee sip from this one. <sighs> right. I'm glad that the multiple trailers that was released prior did made fans confused in trying to figure out what is the main plot of this movie. They did a great work at making this movie a maddening experience on its own, and yes, as I've mentioned previously, this movie's main villain is Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch, which I will praise endlessly on the pro section later on. I'll, I'll try to be as quick as possible because I really want to end this podcast as soon as possible. For this review, I won't be dwelling too much on his first entry or any other Doctor Strange appearances throughout the MCU, just to make sure that this movie would be uh, focused and felt stand out on its own. Because subjectively speaking, I do think that this movie doesn't feel like it's a quote-unquote Doctor Strange movie, or even as a combination crossover such as Spider-Man No Way Home or even Avengers, to what many audience hype up for. Let me explain. First, on why I don't think that this was a Doctor Strange movie. At this point, after all of the events that Strange has been experiencing, to me, well, he kinda did become his own fully-fledged character. Ambitious, egocentric, charismatic, yet still having his own flaws and regrets nonetheless. We see that he's still anxious on whether his choice of actions during Avengers Endgame and Spider-Man No Way Home were, were the right choices to do. While on the other hand, some of its other characters, noting on the elephant in the room, Wanda Maximoff desperately needs their own character arcs and finish them properly. I like to believe that and think that there was a point in time where the producers almost wanted to make a Scarlet Witch movie, which would be interesting in a way, yet she already has her own spin-off series with WandaVision, yet I do really hope that they would probably make a House of M adaptation or something else in the future that would make Scarlet Witch more of a presence of her, on, on, on herself or its own. This movie, personally to me, well, 
It doesn't feel like a somewhat sequel to Doctor Strange and Spider-Man No Way Home. It doesn't even feel like it's an arc filler movie such as Ant-Man and the Wasp or perhaps Iron Man 3 that would lead up to another huge crossover movie event. To me, this, move, this entire movie felt like its own special arc, which might affect the whole MCU timeline story without being way too overstretching and, well, risky. I was looking forward to this movie, not gonna lie. I really did. And I'm sure a majority of fans alike would probably agree that Doctor Strange 2 wasn't something that we expected and overhyped as it was to be, but we majorly liked it. Yes, we only liked it. No one loved it. Like loving, loving it to death to the point where we want to watch it over and over again and uh, shed a tear or even um, showing the same emotions as our first viewing experience. It's, it's, it's just a movie that we can just enjoy at its first viewing. That's it, and just put it on a shelf. Yes, I mean, like this is truly one of those occasions where an installment in the MCU feels like it's not for everybody. Just be glad that this is not the type of movie that would have such impact and consequence as a whole, yet I know that some fans would feel some injustice by how the title says Multiverse of Madness and the hype it made. I, I kind of don't feel the point of Multiverse of Madness in this movie. Like, what scale of multiverse are we truly experiencing since we only get to experience two to three different multiverses and seeing a couple of variant cameos which I will talk about uh, later in the po- uh, in the podcast where we were yeah we were just introduced to some multiverse and some cast members I, I, I don't feel the whole multiversal scale of madness and surprises just felt like a smallish scale of multiverse with slight tidbits of madness to it yeah it, it could have been done differently now I'm sure I've already explained long enough on what this movie is, and I guess it's time that we get to point out some of the best and worst part of this movies. Prepare yourself, my fellow mystical podcast listeners, as we travel into the realm of the pros section. Oh, that was quick. So, okay, um, beforehand, I just want to tell it. I just. I want to let you all know again that I've entirely lost all kinds of mojo and motivation during writing and production of this section and so on. I'm gonna go slight ad lib and switching between Bahasa Indonesia and English because I can, it's my show. Um, I did try to become as professional as I can but it seems I just can't. Uh, for now I just, I'm not showing any kinds of professionalism at all, I just don't feel like doing this review at all after afterwards. It's just, let me just try to finish this as properly as I can. Nevertheless, the show must go on and I'll try to wrap up this whole podcast episode the best way possible. Now then, um, the first point of pros that I really do adore and enjoy from this movie is that Sam Raimi is back and he did implement his own horror elements the best way that he know how. The man, the myth, the legend. If it wasn't for him, we we wouldn't be getting the great Spider-Man trilogy back in the early 2000s and the Evil Dead franchise. I was surely reassured that the movie would be palatable for fans and myself alike when we were announced that he will direct the movie. It's 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 kind of a breath, uh, breath of fresh air knowing that Sam Raimi is back somehow working with and for the MCU. I don't know. It just it's just like a dream came true. Noting on how he has the experience in directing superhero movies as well as campy spooky horror movies with the aforementioned Evil Dead and Drag Me to Hell which I highly recommend for everyone to watch. It's not... I, I don't want to say that it's a perfect horror uh, movie or it's so scary that it's good. It's it's campy, but in a good way. 
and I know that many fans also likes it because it's one of those movies that did kind of traumatize many fans by having a twisted ending that that did shock many fans alike. It's it's a, it's an interesting movie and it's Sam Raimi at its peak. He loves putting horror elements to wherever uh, he can touch upon. Even Spider Man did had some horror elements and jump scares here and there. Um, yeah, I, I I man, I might make a spooky talk about Drag Me to Hell in the future. Um, Sam Raimi, he poured loads of his unique perspective and style in this movie, which he loves to do. I'm kind of surprised to see how many people are praising and are divided with his director's style and choice of elements. Many fans and audience are saying that this is the most spooky, violent, and brutal MCU movie there is, and I gotta agree. With the PG, I think it was rated PG-13, but it does, it did kind of felt like it was above that. Although it's it's not as gory or violent as people claim, but it did have some gory elements to it, which, man, I really did enjoy. I didn't expect it would be like that, though. We get to see Gargantus being killed by having his eyes ripped off, many of the Illuminati members killed in the most satisfying and brutal ways possible, well, some of them, and then plenty of scenes uh, involving um, res res resurrecting the dead, and just pure spooky horror elements that would definitely shed a tear to many 12 years old. It's just Sam Raimi at his finest. He's still got it. Um, this movie is pretty brutal enough to make fans grasping, sorry, gasping for air and also grasping their chair. And I'm just surprised with how Sam Raimi was given much plenty, well, plenty of freedom in directing without having both Marvel and Disney kind of holding him back. The Perfectly executed Dutch angles, twisted camera works, cell gore and violence, and eerie elements are actually decent enough to my taste. But I'll talk about it more later in the con section. Joe, um, look, overall, if I have to summarize this first pros point, Sam Raimi manages to make one of the first MCU movies that truly feels dreadful and tense, without having it being way too much in your face. If Marvel ever decides to adapt more horror storylines in the future, like for instance, I, I'm I'm still praying for a decent Marvel Zombies adaptation. Like, what, what? God, this is such a weird sentence to say. With how what if delivers Marvel Zombies, it just doesn't feel what I expected Marvel Zombies to be. Like, I want a full-on Marvel Zombies horror experience, and I really do hope if somehow Marvel ever decides to adapt it, have Sam Raimi back to collaborate in said project. Amen to that. So, um, the second pros point that I really want to mention about this movie is that Wanda Maximoff. Wanda fucking Maximoff, sorry for my French, the Scarlet Witch is the goat of this movie. She is, she truly is the greatest of all time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I love her. I simp for her. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. Just, I'm glad that Raimi manages to take her persona and scales up her horror factor way up to the max. Like, she's on 11 on the scale from 1 to 10. She feels like an horror movie monster in this movie. She feels like a ve like a like an entity of herself. And I love it. I I enjoy seeing um, Scarlet Witch going full AWOL in this movie. Just having loads of her element reminiscing to Sadako from the Ring series and Kayako from the Juon series. It's just... There were scenes where she uses her witchcraft to completely haunt and stalk the main ensemble to the point where my girlfriend and I were both tense. She 
came out of this like mirror thingy and she was all bodily twisted and it absolutely reminds me of how Kayako walks down from the stairs and you can hear her bones and and her ligaments just clacking and it just bends in the wrong ways possible and it looks eerie and scary and she gives off plenty of jump scare scenes which 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 I will talk about more in the con section I know they are pretty cheap and 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 well what do you expect from a jump scare but I didn't expect that she would nail them off she 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 was scary in this movie I enjoy it I really do I really do um praise and I'm happy to the fact knowing that we have a Scarlet Witch that was unhinged experience and knows that she has limitless potential and I can't wait to see how she will be utilized in future Salmas but I'll get back to that later because well there are some things that relate to her in the con section okay this is the part that where, where I'm gonna go a bit off script because I just I just want to mention on how interesting she is and I'm, I'm probably gonna go full with Bahasa so bear with me so Oh God, I still can't pronounce a name though. Hokitil Gomez as America Chavez. So, apa ya? Uh, Gomez sebagai America Chavez ini salah satu karakter yang lumayan bikin tertarik juga. I mean, like she's cute. Uh, yeah, fuck it. I I simp for her. I I I am simping for Gomez as America Chavez because she's cute. She's spunky. She's tomboyish. But at the same time, she would probably open up brand new arcing branches and also opportunities for future Marvel installments. But apa ya agak sedikit heran juga kenapa endingnya dia malah disuruh belajar di tengah touch dan bukannya di tempat-tempat lain like would she be a sorcerer on her own or like something else I don't know how Marvel will implement her for a future project but seeing how energetic and charismatic she is in the movie without being way too childish it, it, it feels refreshing she's a teenager and it doesn't feel like something that you would feel apa ya kayak Kayak dari yang dari seri X-Men tuh yang agak sedikit gagal. I kind of forgot what's the name. Um, the one that uh, has spooky and horror elements that kind of fail in the end with with the additional uh, new 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 mutants. There we go. Um, that series was a bummer. I I really do hope that series would be a full fledged on horror uh, movie on its own. But it just it just flops. I I didn't I don't feel anything from it. Uh, masih masih berharap bahwa new mutants bakal bisa jadi film yang bagus. Cuma agak sedikit kecewa karena karena nggak apa, nggak 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 living up to, the, to its hype gitu loh, nggak tertabe ya? kayak New Mutants itu terlalu memaksakan dirinya terinfluence oleh Stranger Things dan beberapa serial-serial horror apa mid adult teenager gitu ya, jadi malah ambur dulu sendiri. Tapi untuk Hokitel Gomez sebagai Amerika Chavez di film ini dia kerasa kayak she knows emotion, she knows dread. And she's spunky, and I really want to see her more in the future. Like, gak gak bukan rahasia lagi sih kalau mereka bakal might do new Avengers or young Avengers. I I kind of forgot what's the name. Tapi ya pasti lah udah salah satu bakal dia bakal jadi salah satu membernya aktifnya mereka. Dan ya semoga aja dia atau muncul sebagai cameo di kedepannya bersama Doctor Strange atau in Secret Wars. I really do hope that. Man, I feel like I'm from Jakarta Selatan tuh uh, mixing in bahasa Indonesia and English. I don't care. Uh, so yeah, Hokitul Gomez. Um, she's cute. She's spunky. She's energetic, and she delivers apa ya a vibe and tone that. Kind of balances out everything in this movie. You have horror, you have um, suspense, you have dread, but then you have energetic, you have char- uh, charisma, you have 
um, Joe, you have slight action, but yeah, there's everything in this movie. But it's still a horror horror superhero movie, and I enjoy it. I I, I kind of get the idea why they put Chavez in this movie. It fits the theme and plot of it, and yeah, I'm glad that she's not that kind of kid that would ruin everything by accidentally using her powers for the the wrong thing by thinking that it's the right thing you, you know what the thing what what, what kind of uh, trope and archetype I'm talking about tapi ya untungnya dia enggak enggak selengean lah jadi uh, still uh, bukan for grado juga apa ya lebih kayak she's focused she knows that she has dangerous powers and just wants to get rid of it or try to challenge and control it the best way possible dan untungnya bisa dibantu oleh Doctor Strange dan teman-temannya juga ya um, speaking about the next post point Benedict Cumberbatch and his dedication as Doctor Strange in the upcoming future. I truly enjoy his portrayal of Doctor Strange. I mean, like, apa ya? Um, like at this point, kalau salah sempat ada wawancara ya. There was an interview of um, him stating that he he won't mind playing Doctor Strange in future MCU installments up to like five or ten years from now, and I enjoy. It. He is Doctor Strange. Marvel has always done perfect castings, and this is just one of those examples. We see that this is the prime Doctor Strange that he can be, and he would be much more supreme by the future, because now he has a glimpse of the Dark Hole, he can open his third eye, and I'm not sure what he will do with Sera, Sela, Sera, Sere. I, I, I kind of forgot his um, counterpart, uh, counterpart for the future installments, uh, the the girl that showed up in the post credit scene uh, yeah kayaknya bakal kelihatan lebih bakal lebih banyak lagi adegan-adegan dan aksi-aksi yang lebih nyelain dari dari seorang Doctor Strange dan I'm glad that he he just feels relaxed and he's in the zone whenever he's um, acting out as Doctor Strange he knows it's, it's like he is Doctor Strange I'm pretty sure that Benedict Cumberbatch is a variant of Doctor Strange and I'm glad that the fight scenes that were implemented that we had in this movie, some of them managed to understand that Strange is a master of the mystic arts, which means that he should have had utilized more wacky and interesting spells since the start of his appearance in the MCU franchise. There were loads of instances where we get to see both Strange, Wanda, and other characters using new movesets, spells, and mantras, and everything, which we haven't seen, and I want more. Jadi, sempat ada beberapa adegan itu yang dimana benar-benar strange ngeluarin jurus-jurus dan mantra-mantra yang baru which are absolutely amazing and, and, and a feast to enjoy on terus ada satu adegan itu yang dimana dia ngelawan Sinister Strange di salah satu multiverse yang udah mulai korab dan hancur dan mereka tuh tarungnya pakai mantra-mantra yang ngeluarin kayak uh, nada-nada suara gitu and it's, it's perfect, it's, it's cheesy, it's campy, it, it's something that Sam Raimi would do and I'm glad that he has the the green light and pass to do it it's it's amazing there were plenty of amazing scenes where he just dish out brand new spells and just he doesn't even he barely uses the same spells from doctor strange one and from the previous mcu uh tiles i i i kind of hope that he would do more of his spooky like um apa ya, yang dorong astral projection dari orang-orang itu that, that, that was interesting I, I i still hope that uh, he would do more of those more of those things uh, or probably do a doppelganger spell just like the way he did on avengers infinite war that that was cool that was fantastic i, I want to see more so yeah um 
kurang lebih gitu sih uh, untuk proses ini just I, I enjoy the some of the cinematography of this movie I enjoy the camera work the color grading the tone the movie sets the characters are pa- palatable and passable enough and yeah those are the, some of the things I enjoy and like about this movie but at the same time there are plenty of things that I really ran and nitpick away about this movie so usually I segue the section and break it apart into the next one but I think that this time I'll just jump straight on to the cost section as there are loads of things that I kind of wanted to nitpick with this movie um, because trust me as much of praise that I've given to this movie I can't help but to explain some of the irritating bits from the movie that which made made me feel kind of off after my second viewing experience so starting off with the um, how this movie is paced right so god this movie really do have a weird pacing issue having Wanda as the main villain a supernatural slasher entity hellbent on doing whatever she can to achieve her goal and having the main characters trying to evade as well figuring out ways to defeat her feels like the generic horror movie trope doesn't it well that's the problem at its core this movie is still considered as a superhero movie not a b b john b rated horror genre so i did find it weird and bothersome wherever the all magical former sorcerer for, former sorcerer supreme and the powerful interdimensional shifting girl has to stop and wait for a jump scare to happen as they are still being chased around by said villain It is a tad bit ridiculous, like, it's a common thing to be shown in common horror movies, but for a superhero movie, really, there are plenty of exposition scenes which to me just seems dumb in a way. I'm pretty sure Raimi had his own visions of making this movie as a full-fledged horror movie. But sometimes he can't say that this is still a superhero movie, so like... Anda is a superhero that can do jurus-jurus mantra-mantra aneh-aneh, but masih kayak masih ada waktu untuk berhenti dan nungguin penjahatnya untuk datang gitu loh kayak why that seems dumb that seems one of the most illogical thing for a wise and all-knowing wisdom sorcerer supreme to do in said movie ada beberapa hal-hal yang bikin aku kayak kesannya ini Doctor Strange beneran Doctor Strange gimana sih kok agak ya yeah, I mean like he delivers well as Doctor Strange pada di kamar tapi kayak scriptnya memaksakan dia itu sebagai karakter yang agak sedikit domble gitulah modelnya yang kayak I think this could work. But at the same time, hmm, yeah, let's just wait for it to happen so we can see what will happen. Apakah bakal terjadi? Ternyata tidak. Ternyata jam sekian. Ternyata bukan. Ternyata malah ada yang nyalain. Like he doesn't, he doesn't quickly snaps into action to think that oh, I'm in danger. Oh, I'm in dread. Oh, I have to do this before something bad happens. Kesannya kayak ada beberapa hal itu yang dibiarin nanggung biar karakter lain itu dapat. Adegannya juga atau moment of uh, share their own limelight juga gitu ya. Dan aku sendiri juga agak sedikit yakin. I'm pretty sure that this movie was meant to be directed and has its own um, apa ya, narrowing branches. Jadi di bagian second and third part of the movie itu kayaknya mereka niatnya bakal agak sedikit berbeda. Soalnya ada beberapa hal itu yang bikin kayak kesannya. lah kok mendadak kayak gini ya kayak kayaknya mereka niatnya bakal lebih liar dan bakal lebih banyak lagi adegan-adegan ataupun kamera-kamera yang aneh-aneh tapi kayak mungkin karena karena antara nggak sempat atau nggak nutut atau masalah budget itu bakal kita bahas di uh, poin kons selanjutnya tapi ya gitu um, it doesn't feel apa ya agak sedikit jomplang loh it, it, it just jump straight 
from the multiversal multiverse of madness into therapy session. Jadi gitu ya. Jadi bagian second act-nya udah kerasa kayak wah, they truly are expanding to the multiverse of madness. We're going we're going to see more brand new characters and variants and things that could well, I have no idea how this movie would di- uh, would would go into. Tapi uh, tapi out of nowhere the third act-nya malah jadi kayak therapy session and just ends it on a very cliche cliffhanger. But cliffhanger is more like just a meh kind of ending. It's 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 very cliche. Jadi ya Ya gitu apa? I I don't feel the true essence of what on how a multiverse on how this thing could be considered as multiverse of madness. If I have to really compare it, it just it, it kind of feels like a more watered down Loki where they managed to encapsulate what and how the weird multiverse timeline works where they get to meet other variants and stuffs that could be shown to us as either surprise or cameos but it works in its own way it's a mystery thriller um good cop bad cop kind of um genre while in this movie it's horror and it should have been an epic it should have been a high scale budget epic where we get to see and meet plenty of brand new things i really do and hope for that um What else are the cons points that I really want to share on uh, this segment? Oh yeah, cheap jump scares. Uh, I'll be praising how Raimi manages to deliver this movie with his own unique perspective and elements. I did already mention this uh, in the pros uh, section. I'm kind of bummed at how there are plenty of cheap jump scares which were delivered in this movie. Such, I mean like sure it's a brilliant scare tactic for wannabe Marvel fans and 12 year olds. But for those who are experienced in the horror category and watches plenty of Raimi's work, You'll eventually can guess that he will put one or two jump scares here and there. I mean, like, it's cheap, but hey, it's there. It's just a nitpicky point. And then, yeah, um, the cameos. The Illuminati. I gotta really gotta scratch my head on this one. Um, as what I've mentioned previously, it seems that Marvel does seem like they are making this movie as a test bed to see whether they are experiment on adding new cast of other franchises multiverse and utilizing new genre elements will work with the general MCU audience or not and to me it it did it didn't kind of work yet it doesn't deliver well with how I expected it to be they did the same thing with Eternals by adding a brand new project which fans kind of dislike and then they gave out uh, and they, they produced Shang-Chi which was interesting because it delivers a brand new genre and element of itself and then we've had uh, multiverse and variants which pops in from Loki and Spider-Man No Way Home and finally we have this there, there are things that, that works and I think Marvel is trying to just pinpoint out which are the things that would sell in our market and we'll try to work from that and then create a brand new like Avengers multiverse crossover thingy just to po- just to produce more uh, installments in the future. Jadi apa ya? Um, gak 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 kerasa bener-bener gak kerasa Marvel eh gak kerasa apa ya multiverse of madnessnya di movie ini. Gimana? Now if you're comparing how the variants in this movie shows up with something akin to No Way Home or the Loki series, uh, yeah, you will be slightly disappointed. In one way or another, Jidia, spoilers ahead, it was confirmed from the leaks and rumors that the Illuminati did show up in this movie. Yet, it's not the Illuminati members that we know and love. Well, some of them are, at least. Jadi ya, um, jangan berharap ada Namor di film ini. Mereka udah nyiapin Namor buat Black Panther yang kedua. Kemudian, um, 
don't expect to see or uh, berharap Iron Man yang varian yang dia bakal dimainin sama Tony Stark itu ada. That's a fucking rumor and everyone knows it. Dia pun lagi sibuk shooting buat Mission Impossible 7 part 1 part 2 dan juga baru rilis Top Gun jadi mustahil kayaknya dia bakal berada um, muncul. But I think there was a point where he either did shoot scenes of him becoming Iron Man or probably they're saving that kind of opportunity for Secret Wars or something else in the future. I would love to see Tom, Tom Cruise as a as a variant of Iron Man. He would he would definitely nail it. He has a look, he has a charm, but I'm not sure whether he can make himself feel as if he's egocentric and boast, boastful. So we, all of us can just hope. So yeah, uh, the, the new Illuminati variant we've seen in this movie consists of Patrick Stewart, making a surprising return as Professor X after his last appearance in Logan. And I'm quite surprised that we were introduced with Professor X that could be the same character from the 1990s X-Men animated series, since he shows up with his classic yellow wheelchair and having the show's theme played in the background. Then, too much surprise and fascinating fan casting, John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Finally, seeing a member of the Fantastic Four in an official MCU installment just opens new doors of possibility of, of after years of failed Fantastic Four adaptations. I'm hoping that eventually the MCU would do justice to them. Bener-bener berharap apa ya? Um, kita udah berapa kali ya berharap kalau ujung-ujungnya si John Krasinski ini bakal jadi Reed Richards. Udah banyak yang ngerumor, udah banyak yang fan casting, dan nggak nyangka juga beneran terjadi because He just he fits the description. Dan enggak kaget kalau misalnya istrinya bakal jadi uh, Sue Storm gitu ya, benar jadi uh, the Invisible Girl or Mrs. Fantastic. You know, who knows gitu loh. It just it's the perfect casting in uh, that everyone could hope. Pasti ujungnya gitu kalau misalnya mereka nawa itu untuk bikin Fantastic Four yang beneran untuk kedepannya. But yeah, at least uh, Reed Richards did show up in this movie and he dies miserably as spaghetti. <laughs> Yeah, gitulah. Um, apa lagi? Uh, then we have Anson Mount uh, returning as uh, Black Bolt after his appearance from the Inhuman series, which we don't talk about. Lashana Lynch as an alternate variant of Captain Marvel. Haley Atwell returning as Peggy Carter and donning her Captain Carter persona, as we've seen from the What If series. And Shitabel Ejiofor as a variant of Carl Mondo. Mondo, Mordo, Mordo, Carl Mordo. There we go. Yeah, um, fascinating surprise of cast members and cameo. And I'm kind of both impressed with how they're portrayed as surprise cameos, on, only to get killed immediately, uh, immediately killed off by Wanda. Like it's a good thing when the cameos doesn't become the main vocal point of a movie and overtakes everything. It makes the movie feels focused, as it's still a Doctor Strange movie. I'm looking at you, Captain America: Civil War. <laughs> Yet at the same time, I am disappointed since we all did kind of hope for more surprise entries, since there were many rumors starting. Stating that they, there's a variant of Tony Stark, which I've already mentioned earlier, uh, and then there's a rumor that Deadpool, Wolverine, and even Ghost Rider will make a surprise cameo in this movie. Ini, ini bakal jadi satu hal yang aku bakal mention berkali-kali ya, apa ya? Noting on the title, Multiverse of Madness. This movie really doesn't feel like it delivered the promise of actually introducing us to a pun intended Multiverse of Madness. Gak, gak kerasa kayak mana sih multiverse yang bener-bener bakal datengin? dunia-dunia dan orang-orang baru dan kemudian level kegilaan dan 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 yang bikin para fans itu bikin film apa sih it, it, it wasn't there harapanku adalah ini bakal selevel kayak apa ya movies that left me feeling what the fuck are akin to Interstellar 
uh, Inception and uh, what what else? What other movies that left me feeling like this is truly something else? Cube, and then kalau harus mikir bakal it will it will take me a long time to think on movies that really do leave me with with brain numbing feeling of madness. Aku, aku, aku berharap kayak gitu. Mana sisi keliaran dan kegendengan dan kenyimengan dari film ini ini enggak ada gitu loh. Iya. Violent and gore-gore-nya aja yang ada dan beberapa surprise cameo. Tapi that's it. I, I I didn't see anything else besides that. I get that there are still major deals issues between studios and actors behind it, but we kind of hope that this movie would still deliver that madness kind of essence for a plethora of returning characters to be an actual event. This was truly the gateway and chance for MCU to do such thing. Jadi benar-benar kesempatan yang besar banget kalau kalian itu mau benar-benar apa naruh esensi multiverse of madness. Kesempatannya ada di sini. Mau kapan lagi gitu loh? Atau mau nunggu buat Secret Wars? Atau mau nunggu buat sampai Ant-Man and Quantum Mania? Ataupun uh, Loki season 2 gitu. Jadi kayak uh, padahal apa ya? Kesannya kayak ini wadahnya untuk kalian benar-benar liar seliarnya gitu loh MCU. Kenapa enggak memberikan kita itu gitu loh? Kenapa kita diberikannya pas yang kayak Spider-Man No Way Home, ya Civil War yang kurang megah juga, Avengers Infinity War dan Endgame, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness could have been that. Tapi aku juga yakin bahwa ini karena masih film keduanya Doctor Strange ya, masih belum worthy and redeemful for him to earn such status. Bahkan Thor aja untuk Thor Ragnarok dan yang bakal bentar lagi Love and Thunder baru kerasa di mana this is on a much larger scale tapi masih focus on them nah Multiverse of Madness ini sendiri juga kayak menjanjikan bahwa ini bakal jadi film yang besar-besaran tapi ternyata masih serent and focus dan jadi kayak what are you trying to imply to us Marvel and Disney what were you trying to give us with this movie it's is it a, is it going to be a Doctor Strange sequel or is it going to be a full on scale Madness Multiverse thingamajig where you're just going to introduce cameos after cameos after cameos dan kita juga sedikit berharap ini bakal Apa ya? Kayak jadi Spider-Verse lah kurang lebih yang dimana bener-bener ini Spider-Man semua bakal ketemu di sini ke depannya. We really kind of do hope that. Uh, yeah, ya gitulah. <laughs> God, uh, what what other cons points that I really would like to um, share some light here? Uh, oh yeah, the last act of the movie. I kind of dislike the ending of this movie as it doesn't fully deliver well as a way to properly close a chapter. It just kind of ends on its own with the premise of leaving multiple doors open for future installments. I hate how we end off Wanda's arc in this movie by having her a cliche sense of clarity and somewhat sacrificing herself by destroying all copies of the Darkhold in every universe only to then having herself be impiled under rubble from her destined temple mountain thingy. I mean, ayola, re, masa. Did you really expect me to believe that Wanda dies in this movie? The all-powerful badass Scarlet Witch that we've seen throughout this movie only to die in a pathetic way like that and leaving things ambiguous? Nah, enggak lah. Enggak bakal matinya segampang itu Scarlet Witch yang benar-benar OP dan serem kayak gini. Matinya ketiban batu dan benar-benar sacrificing herself enggak bakal. Tapi cara dia dalam tanda kutip mengorbankan dirinya untuk menghancurkan Darkhold, it just doesn't seem fully fledged. Jadi cuma sekedar keidenya ada bahwa Wait, I've been wrong all the time, and it 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 took me my other half, uh, another me from another universe to fully make me realize that what I'm doing is wrong, and it it I I need the sense of clarity from my somewhat fake other world universe children to fully um, enlighten me. 
Jadi berber kayak malah jadi kayak therapy session dan hidayah gitu. Jadi enggak kerasa kayak there, there should have been more emotions to it. I want to see Wanda going full full on barrage crying, screaming and just letting all of her emotions out again. Something akin to Wanda Vision like in the 7th or 8th episode where she just goes all out bawling after knowing that she wants to change Westview to um, just like how she wants it to be by unleashing her full on um, reality shape-shifting altering powers. I wanted that in this movie. I, I want I want to see more of Wanda. Wanda. I, I'm sorry. I just I have a soft spot for her. I, I, it's confirmed that Paco Ching Sims for Wanda Maximoff Get it over with. I want Wanda to have a somewhat justifiable ending with more nuance of emotions, and I hope that we can see more of her in the future. I know we will. I mean, like, she's one of the marketable event original Marvel uh, Avengers members. Dia ada di film pun itu udah kayak asik ini bakal bakal habis-habisan di film. And I'm kind of glad that we've had multiple times for her to fully fledge uh, her own characteristic traits and personality. Jadi, yeah, I stand for Scarlet Witch. I want I want to see more of her in the future. I want to see full on ara ara Scarlet Witch mommy powers in the future. I want to see her more. Ya semoga aja dia berbudak balik entah bareng sama Vision untuk mungkin ya apa. Uh, ngadaptasiin ya mungkin House of M ataupun plot ceritanya di mana Out of Nowhere Vision udah betah dan ngerakit Androidnya dia sendiri dan punya anak-anaknya sendiri that would uh, that would be interesting uh, kalau dia diadaptasi tapi who knows we could probably get that storyline in the future maybe I don't know I kind of care it's not that I don't I do not care I kind of care I want to see more of them in the future yeah um, pros and cons aside Uh, personal notable features from this movie is that that you guys said about what this movie has a beautiful camera work. One thing to note and praise as a special feature on its own is how this movie has such brilliant camera work. I love how Raimi manages to add in multiple angles and kind of overuses the camera work to make this movie feel utterly nauseating in a good way. I'm glad that he pours loads of his freedom creative artwork in how he does it and how he does it with passion. Everything about this movie was enjoyable for a first viewing experience, and oh, it was even even better watching it on 40x. Nonton film ini di 4DX tu berbeza kerasa kayak this is a joyride. Gak kerasa kayak film, tapi malah kayak kayak wahana berbeza kayak. Iya iya. Jadi experiencing Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness itu kerasa kayak ini bukan film. This feels like an event. This feels like a joyride experience. That is enjoyable. Soalnya kalau sekedar jadi film bakal kayak kayak terbagongkan kayak. Which which point do I feel that I enjoyed this movie after play, uh, after times of viewing? Tapi kalau kita ngerasain secara langsung kayak jadi a part of that actual universe, then then just enjoy it as a yeah the wahana itu it would be much more interesting. So yeah. Kalau memang ada kesempatan untuk menikmati film ini lagi dalam 4DX ataupun kalian memang punya Nggak tahu ya memang kalau kalian suka tajir dan lain-lain dan punya studio 4DX sendiri Just do it I guess or something I don't know uh, Ya yeah, kurang lebih gitu sih let's just wrap things up Now then uh, if I have to give a numerical score for this movie I'd give it a subjective 7.5 out of 10 um, On my first viewing experience just because I get to experience it on 4DX I almost gave this movie a eight, an eight or slightly more. It's great that having to watch this movie, as I've mentioned previously, on 4D makes the makes the movie more uh, truly feels like a one-time joy experience, which it did deliver well. 
But after much consideration and second time viewing on its own, this movie on this movie as a whole movie of itself just feels as what it is. It it, it feels absolutely just basic. I mean, I'm not saying that it's just it's bland and generic. It's just not what I expected it to be. I still wish that weird IMDb plot would have been the actual thing instead of what we've received instead. Oh, well, one cat can only hope and wish for that much. Hello. Wow. Writing and producing this episode was truly a feat on its own. I've lost all motivation in reviewing this movie because it truly felt like a mixed bag. Heck, if I could truly turn back time, I would have been patient enough to fully finish Moon Knight and review that instead. I might, I might do that in the future. Forcing myself in re-researching and conducting re- review was a hassle, but I'm glad that I did it. I'm, I'm glad that we've passed through it. Yay! Yet, I really do wish that Doctor Strange 2 was more than what we've expected it to be. Was it a passable movie? I'd say it's inter- entertaining and interesting in some degree. Would I give it a chance? I mean, like, uh, would I give it a change of heart and decent score after a third viewing? Nah. Nope. I do think that Doctor Strange 2 fits nicely in that corner of the room as a piece of memorabilia for a first time viewing experience. It kind of lived up its hype, but man, does it has to carry and elevate the same energy right after Spider Man No Way Home and the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder. Don't get your hopes up, I might not make an RNRDS for Thor for Thor 4, but hey, I mean like who knows, Thor 4, that kind of rhymes. Whether I enjoy it or not, keep yourselves peeled up for any future updates. So just to make sure that you can stay in touch with It's the Lazy Guy Podcast Show and its variety of segments such as RNREX, Interlude, Relax Corner and more are always available on demand throughout multiple streaming services such as Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so on. And if you want to support me and this podcast channel, make sure to head on to my Linktree page. You can find a variety of links to my social medias, such as Facebook fan, Facebook fan page, Twitter, Instagram, and many more. Donations are also available for local Indonesian audience. You can always head on over to Tracted in Saweria. As for in, as for international audiences, you can check on. Uh, you can check out my Kofi and PayPal patch. I really do need to take a break. God damn. Yeah. Whew. Last but not least, thank you very much to all of my fellow podcast listeners. God dang it. <laughs> yeah, terima kasih buat semua yang udah dengerin. That was a voice break. Uh, for tuning into the seventh installment of our NREX, and let's go off the script again, shall we? <sighs> God. I-, I need to relax a-, a bit. I need to chill a bit. So. I think in the meantime, I'd like to put a hole in producing future RNREX episodes, as these are one of the few segments that could lead in me having a full breakdown and burnout. Gosh, perfecting review episodes can be bothersome at times! There's this small part of me that always tries to seek out perfecting podcast scripts, make sure that all of the necessary points are written on properly, yet achieving such subjective perfectionism... Perfectionism? (laughs) Perfectionism? always leads in me feeling anxious and having mood swings here and there. I'm not sure whether it's because of the movie itself that made me feel such ways, or I just need a proper break from conducting reviews nowadays. I think that the last RNREX where I talked about Genshin Impact also had an impact on its own with how I produced RNREX, puns aside. 
I I think it's time for me to take a proper break from producing this segment until I found a product or something that I genuinely would love to write and produce a review about. But then again, don't worry, as it's the Lazy Guy Podcast Show will still be delivering other interesting segments in this uh, in the blah 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 in the nearby future. I'm truly sorry. I'm just I've had enough of of this of producing this um, episode for tonight. Besides, for this month of June of 2022, there's still one more episode for all of you to enjoy. Woo! Yay! Interlude episode 24 will be making its way next. Follow me as we will enter the Sakura realm with the talented VTuber and illustrator, the all pink, my good friend, Reichi Betania. Yes! Interlude bakal balik teman-teman, jadi stay tuned after this uh, episode. Kita bakal kedatangan dari Cipitania, kita bakal ya cipika-cipika biasanya di interlude segment. And I guess that's about it. Just stay tuned for more updates karena untuk di bulan Juni ini dan kedepannya Pak Kucing juga bakal ada banyak proyek-proyekan yang seru-seru juga ya bersama... Ya, karena udah di-announce per malam ini, per recording ini bersama Traktir. Dicek aja di 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 di, di sosial medianya Pak Kucing juga di Traktir. Kalian bakal tahu itu apa aja sih proyek-proyek yang udah Pak Kucing adain ya. Surprise. <laughs> I guess that's about it. And as always, I am your host, Pak Kucing. And I will see you all in the next one, in another universe. And hopefully in another much more better produced professional R&R EX. Stay safe. And take care. Papa, Papa Kuching. Wow, I haven't said that name in a while. Papa Kuching loves each and every one of you. And thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, cats, interested in supporting It's the Lazy Cat podcast show? Well then, for local Indonesian audiences, you can head on over to traktir.id slash it's the lazy cat and saweria.co slash it's the lazy cat. As for international audiences, you can donate away at paypal.me slash it's the lazy cat or ko-fi.com slash it's the lazy cat. For YouTube viewers, you can find these links in the description box down below. And don't forget to leave a like and hit that subscribe button. Make sure to check out other podcast show segments, always on demand, everywhere and at any time over at Spotify, Anchor FM, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Last but not least, if you want a quick update and stay in touch with yours truly, you can head on over to Linktree slash It's The Lazy Cat. With a click away, you can easily navigate through my social media accounts and fan pages. And this has been Pak Kuching, signing out. <laughs>